welcome to 13, the bi-weekly podcast where one Colgate University community member typically answers 13 questions about their work. However, this episode is going to be a little bit different. Don't fret, we're still going to be producing episodes where our faculty, students, alumni, and administrators answer 13 questions, but we wanted to try something new, um, particularly for our faculty members who have recently published papers or authored books. So you can think of these episodes as special editions. My name is Daniel DeVries, and today we'll be hearing from Assistant Professor of Psychology, Jennifer Tomlinson. Professor Tomlinson specializes in social psychology, health psychology, close relationships, psychophysiology, and statistics. Her work has appeared in the Journal of Social and Personal Relationships, the Journal of Women and Aging, the Journal of Positive Psychology, and she's contributed to numerous books about the psychology of love and relationships. Professor Tomlinson earned her bachelor's and master's degrees at the University of Rochester and her PhD at Stony Brook University. Professor Tomlinson, Welcome to this episode of our uh, special edition of 13. Hi, Dan. Thanks so much for having me, and thanks to everyone who's out there listening. So you've just co-authored a new paper about the psychology of aging titled Growing into Retirement, Longitudinal Evidence for the Importance of Partner Support for Self-Expansion. And the way that this is going to work is you have 13 minutes to tell us all about this paper, and I will start the timer now. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So like Dan said, I am a social psychologist and my research is all based around the question of how relationships can bring out the best in us. And most of the studies that I do um, in my lab here at Colgate are looking at the ways that relationships can help us to grow and become a bigger person. So one of the theories that I use a lot in my research is called the self-expansion model. And this is based on the idea that people have this innate desire to want to uh, to want to grow and become bigger people, and um, there are two ways that you can do this. One is through relationships, which a lot of people have studied, and in getting to know other people and spending time with close others, people begin to include the resources and identities and perspectives of another person themselves. And so that's one way that you can grow and become bigger. You can think about, you know, if you were getting to know someone and shared some music interests, for example you may actually gain a new identity and perspective by listening to someone else's music. So I know that's how I've learned about most of the music that I listen to. And so that's one way that we can become bigger people through uh, getting to know other people. And uh, the other way that people use to grow is through, uh, according to the self-expansion model is through engaging in activities. And so a lot of the research that has been done in this area has looked at how people can seek out opportunities for growth through trying new things and um, participating in activities with a, par- a close partner, for example. And then more recently, people have started to look at how people can also experience self-expansion through individual activities. So you might think of domains like work or through wanting to achieve goals. Um, and so I got really interested in this idea of how individual self-expansion can occur. Well, how would you define self-expansion? Is it just like personal growth or is it yeah, that's a great question. So it, it is very similar to the idea of personal growth. Um, so the way that people have looked at it, they've actually used this overlapping circles measure. And so if you think of each person as a circle, when you get to know another person, your circles start to overlap and they actually become even bigger. So, but yeah, it really is just another way of, of talking about growth. And so most of the measures that we use look at 
how you've grown as a person. And so, um, so I'm really interested in this idea of how we can literally expand and become bigger people. Um, does that make sense? It does. Cool. Thanks for asking. Um, yeah. And so, like I was saying, you know, we can grow through, uh, through relationships and engaging in activities with other people. And then we can also grow through doing things on our own, you know, in our own, through achieving goals, for example. And uh, so the study that I'm going to talk about today, we actually started to think about how our partners can help us help encourage these, uh, these individual opportunities for self-expansion or growth. And so just to give you an example of what partner support for self-expansion might look like, um, you can imagine that maybe I have a goal. So for example, say I wanted to hike all of the high peaks in the Adirondacks. If I had a partner who was going to support my self-expansion, they could support that goal in a variety of different ways. They might encourage me to make time to go hiking. Um, they could even go on some of the hikes with me. Uh, even though it might be my goal, they might still participate in it occasionally. Um, they could also help out with other tasks at home so that I would have more time to hike. Um, in my case, having a partner who might take care of my children or, or help me help out with that um, would be helpful. And um, they also might even buy me some, some hiking gear that would help support that goal. And as I work towards achieving the goal, I would likely experience growth or self-expansion. So, uh, so I, I got really interested in this idea of partner support for self-expansion. And I've done a few different studies that relate to this topic. Um, I've done some with younger couples and most recently for the study that just, got, just came out in the journal Psychology and Aging, I was interested in how partner support for self-expansion might work during life transitions. Because I, I thought, you know, life transitions are a time where you can either flourish or you can falter. And I especially got interested in studying the transition to retirement um, because I thought that's a time where people are experiencing a lot of self-expansion, most likely through their jobs, where that you know a lot of people have individual goals that relate to their careers and um, have opportunities for growth that they experience through the people that they work with in their jobs. Um, but then when they retire, they're sort of losing a lot of opportunities for self-expansion. But at the same time, they're also experiencing a freeing up of time, which may provide opportunities for new growth and or self-expansion. And so when I looked at the, the literature on the transition to retirement, I found that the literature is actually really mixed. Some people do really well when they retire and others do poorly. And so I started thinking that maybe the difference between whether someone flourishes or falters during retirement could be due to partner support for self-expansion. And so I thought, um, and another thing that I found as I started to learn more about the aging literature was that um, as people get older, they tend to um, experience something called socio-emotional selectivity theory, which means that they really focus in on the most important relationships. And so one of the most important relationships for many people as they get older is the marital relationship. And so people are spending more time with their marital partners, especially, you know, if you think about someone who's retiring, they may go from spending a lot of time at work to spending more time at home. And so that could lead to spending more time with their partner. And it, it often does in many cases. Um, and so that, that marital relationship becomes really important. And interestingly, another thing that I noticed about the aging literature was that a lot of the studies that have been done focus more on maintaining, uh, goal, maintaining uh, goals and not necessarily on growth-oriented goals. And so, um, and, you know, that, that sort of makes sense in some ways because people are trying to maintain their health. But I was really convinced that growth would be really important, especially during retirement. And so... I, I wanted to really understand how the process of self-expansion might happen and how partners can support one, one another as they make the transition to retirement. So uh, I, des I designed a study along with my, uh, with my co-authors, Brooke Feeney and Brett Peters, and we, um, we were interested in how partners might support one another 
self-expansion during this transition to retirement. And so uh, through some support from the National Institute on Aging, we were able to recruit, recruit a sample of 100 retired couples where at least one person was retired, had retired within the last two years. So that was how we were trying to get at this transition to retirement. And we, had a, we did a three-part study where we had couples come into the lab two different times and then we followed up with them by mail. Um, and just to give you a little bit of a snapshot of this, the couples who were in the study, they, we had, like I said, we had 100 married couples. The study that I'll talk about today focuses in on 73 of them. And the couples had been married for on average about 31 years. So they were, most people were in fairly long-term relationships, although there was some range, um, you know, some people who had been divorced and remarried. So they had slightly shorter relationships and then some who had been married for a long time and had been together even longer than 31 years. Um, Why only 73? Uh, Why oh, focus on the 73? Oh, good question. So for this study, um, we wanted to look at uh, the couples who had complete data for the follow-ups that I'm going to talk about. So. Gotcha. Um, so yes, yeah, so there are some who we didn't have yep. who were able to do the follow-ups and things like that. And so we followed up with them six months and a year later. And so, um, so these are the people who have the data for all those time points across both couple members. Okay. Um, but, um, and on average people were around 64 years of age and their median income was 80 to a hundred thousand uh, dollars a year. Um, and, um, the recent retirees, we had a nice mix of uh, 52 men and 48 women. So um, so it was pretty evenly split in terms of gender for the people who were retiring, who had retired recently. Um, and the study had, uh, had three parts, like I mentioned. So first we had couples come into the lab and fill out a whole bunch of questionnaires. Um, and so we asked them about their goals that they most wanted to accomplish in the next year, their relationships and their health. Um, and during that session, we, we measured partner support for self-expansion, which is one of the key measures that was, was important to this study. And we also asked them to list all the goal, uh, up to 10 goals that they wanted to accomplish in the next year. And to give you a sense of how we measure partner self support for self-expansion, here are a couple of questions that we asked them. So um, one was, how positively does your partner respond to activities that are interested, of interest to you, but are not of particular interest to your partner? And how much does your partner encourage you to expand upon your interests, hobbies, or goals? So we're really interested in how partners were perceiving uh, one another to support their individual goals and things that ne didn't necessarily have to involve the partner. And we also had the key measure of the goals that they would like to accomplish in the next year. Um, and then a week later, we brought couples back into the lab and we asked them to have a discussion about the most important goal that the recent retiree wanted to accomplish in the next year. Um, during that discussion, we also recorded their physiology and got to watch them have this, this interaction where they were talking about the one person's goals and the other partner was supporting their goals. Um, and I'm not going to talk about those results today. Those are actually part of another paper that I'm working on right now. So I'll keep uh, in suspense for those data. But um, but the part that was of interest for this current study was that we then followed up with them six months and a year later. And we asked them at the six-month follow-up, the key measure was um, how much self-expansion they were currently experiencing. So we had a questionnaire that asked about their engagement in activities and interests that might promote their growth or self-expansion. Um, and... Uh, we took a composite of a bunch of different items that got at how people had sought out um, a variety of different perspectives and interests and identities that might lead to growth. So just a couple sample questions, just to give you a sense. Uh, we asked people things like, recently I've tried to discover new things about myself, or these days I've sought out opportunities that, to have new experiences. Um, and, or currently I find myself lear enjoying learning a, a variety of different perspectives on issues. So those are some of the questions that were important at the, the six-month follow-up. And then we followed up with them again a year later, and we asked them about 
some key measures that, that we thought would get at whether they were having a, a good experience during the transition to retirement. And so the key measures that we focused on for this study were health and retirement satisfaction. So we use uh, this a, a standard measure of physical health that also a physical and mental health called the SF36. Um, and it has a whole bunch of items that get at people's perceptions of, uh, of their health. Uh, and then we also used a measure of retirement satisfaction, which asked people about a variety of different um, a, a variety of different, of, as, of different aspects of their life in retirement to see how satisfied they were with things like their marriage, their financial situation, uh, the quality of their residence, and so forth. And uh, so these were meant to be our long-term indicators of, of whether they were flourishing or faltering during retirement. Um, and then we tested a model where we looked at, um, so basically we were interested in how partner support for self-expansion might predict these long-term outcomes of health and retirement satisfaction. And then we wanted to find out if perhaps the growth that they were experiencing at the six-month follow-up might be the underlying reason for why they're doing better in terms of health and retirement satisfaction later on. Um, and so we tested this using some fancy statistical techniques where we were able to actually test a model. And, uh, and we found support for, for our predicted pathways. So what we found was that partner support for self-expansion at time one predicted how increases in actual self-expansion at time two. So that measure of, uh, of how much growth they were experiencing and how, mu how much interest they had in trying new things uh, at, the, at the time two follow-up. And then at time three, we found that um, people who had partners who were supporting their self-expansion at time one had increases in retirement satisfaction and health. So, and we, so we found that people, um, people had these, these important, um, important long-term outcomes as a result of partner for, for support for self-expansion and that the, the actual experiences of growth at time two seemed to underlie those. And so, um, so we were really, uh, really, really pleased to see that the, that these measures at time one predicted their satisfaction and health later, and that the the actual experience of growth that they were having in the middle seemed to be underlying it. So, mm. uh, so we found support for all our hypotheses, and um, and our takeaway here was that it seems to be important to have a partner who supports your your opportunities for growth, and um, and that 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 can lead to better uh, well to actual growth and to um, better health and well being as as time goes on. So. Uh, so we hope that this is something that will help people as they think about the transition to retirement. Did you also measure happiness too, or was it just growth? Um, well, actually, so we did, we measured emotions um, that would sort of get a happiness, but um, we didn't, unfortunately, we were, we, had, we, were, we were trying to keep those questionnaires pretty short at the follow-up. So we didn't look at those at the follow-up, but we did look at them uh, at the beginning and during the, the, session in the lab, we looked at happiness and satisfaction with life, but I wish we could have looked at that at the longitudinal follow-up. And I think if I were to do it all over again, I would have definitely looked at that. I actually, one of the reviewers asked about that. Ah. Um, so you're on the right track, Dan. But <laughs> we, um, That's really our, fascinating. Our, our main outcomes were health and retirement satisfaction. So we were pleased with that, but there's always, you know, in retrospect, you always wish you could do more. Of course. Yeah. No, that's really great. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, that was our special episode of 13. Uh, make sure to tell your friends and family about the podcast and let us know how we're doing. Also, let us know what you think about these special short episode formats. And maybe if you have a suggestion for a name for them, I uh, don't really have a title yet. Uh, I'll take any, any suggestions you have. You can email 13 at colgate.edu. That's 13 the number with your thoughts or ideas. Uh, 
I want to thank everyone uh, again for continuing to bear with us as we record remotely via Zoom these days. Uh, And I hope everyone has a wonderful week. And as always, keep asking questions. 13 is a production of the Colgate University Office of Communications. Audio engineering by Brian Ness. Logo art by Catrail Pritz. Executive producer, Laura Jack. And I'm your host and producer, Dan DeVries. Visit colgatemagazine.com and colgateresearchmagazine.com for more in-depth faculty research stories.